0: Hello and welcome once again to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond and very, very glad to have you here with us today on this Thursday. And, you know, we made it through the day of fasting yesterday for Ash Wednesday. How did you do? Were you able to stay strong and avoid eating when you weren't supposed to eat during the day? And, you know, we still... Lent this season, we might be observing a fast from a certain type of food or a category of foods, but it's not a day of complete fasting from everything. So that, that's kind of nice to be able to walk back in and have lunch if, if uh, you missed lunch yesterday and, boy, was it difficult. Uh, My wife and I, we both stayed away from food until dinner last night. I only had water and some tea through the day. My wife, uh, I think she only had water until we sat down for dinner as a family later in the evening. But you know, when you're fasting, when you're hungry, what are the kind of foods that you do crave? Early on when I'm hungry, I will be pretty good. I'll lean towards more healthy options, you know, fruits, vegetables, healthy things. But the longer that I go without eating, if another hour goes by and then another hour, the hungrier I get, well, the more I start to want those different comfort foods. Something maybe, uh, you know, salty snacky, uh, something with a lot of carbs usually, or lots of melted cheese, uh, like pizza with a nice cold beer alongside it, or maybe a burger with the fries, right? Uh, Even a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when you're really hungry. Macaroni and cheese, some of those comfort foods. But with all of those, I, I always find it kind of funny. There's a pairing of things, and that pairing, those things are better together than they are on their own. Because with macaroni and cheese, if you just had a bowl of plain macaroni, nothing else, very bland, yeah, you could eat it, but if you add in that melty, that gooey cheese... It just becomes something magical, something delicious. Same thing, you'd make that peanut butter sandwich. Only peanut butter? Of course, again, you can eat it, but if you add your favorite jam or your favorite jelly to that sandwich, it makes something far better. There are all kinds of pairings that we have like this where the sum is greater than the individual parts. Peanut butter, another great one, of course, chocolate. In my opinion, one of the best combinations in the world, chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, But, you know, not only with food. It's not only with food that things can be so much better when two things are combined. It even happens when people, when they collaborate on a project. Think of some of the amazing music that's been created by songwriting duos. Going back to Gilbert and Sullivan, Rodgers and Hammerstein, George and Ira Gershwin, John Lennon, Paul McCartney. Lennon and McCartney, they're a great example of this because they both had these really strong solo careers after they left the Beatles, but it was nothing near the magic of what they had created together in the Beatles. There was this complementarity between them that made something bigger, something better, than they ever could have achieved alone. And some things in life are like that. One thing on its own, it's good. Yeah, but combine it with something else, it becomes amazing. It might even be able to stand on its own but it could be so much more. And we even see this in our faith life as well, even with things as fundamental as the sacraments. Right now, I'm thinking specifically about the sacrament of baptism. If you're baptized, you are completely a member of the body of Christ. You're part of the church. But you know what could make your baptism even better? The sacrament of confirmation. Because the Catechism of the Catholic Church, when describing the effects of confirmation, it says things like, it completes our baptism. It perfects what we have received in baptism. Well, today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about these two sacraments, baptism and confirmation. They're that dynamic duo for us to receive grace, actual grace from God. And so as amazing as peanut butter and chocolate might be when they come together, it's nothing when you look at the incredible gift that we have available to us when we have been both baptized and confirmed in the church. And helping us look at these two sacraments of our faith, our spiritual director today, Father Ethan Southard, is back with us once again. Father Ethan is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles He's the pastor of St. John Ute's Church in Chatsworth, California. Father Ethan, welcome back. Uh, happy Lent. So glad to have you here with us today.
1: Hi, Josh. Uh, it's great to be with you today, too. And, yes, happy Lent. Um, as winds Wednesday, it's, it's such a beautiful day, but it, it really does draw us into, into the mystery, into the desert with Jesus.
0: Well, and so as we want to start talking about both baptism and confirmation, uh, I think, you know, you've, you've been on the show enough, you know, I like to make sure we define terms at the beginning. So if somebody's listening and they don't know what a sacrament is, or maybe there's, uh, you know, a little bit of confusion of what it means when we talk about a sacrament, can we start there? Could you explain just simply what is a sacrament in the Church?
1: Sure. Uh, simply put, a sacrament is an outward sign which conveys an inner reality. And so, it's it's wonderful. This show is called the Inner Life, <laughs> so that's what we're talking about the that inner life, those inner dimensions, those inner chambers within us. But sometimes it's hard to comprehend, you know, what's happening on the inside or in mystery. And so, you know, Jesus left us the sacraments, you know, in you know uh, to be safeguarded by the church, uh, which helps us to to see and and to understand and and to believe. And so when we're saying the outward signs, you know, when we talk about Eucharist, we're talking about bread and wine. And so there's, there's actual elements that we can see, that we can touch, that we can taste, we can smell, we can feel. And, and so those God is communicating His grace, His love uh, in, a, in a very beautiful, special way through the sacraments uh, to help to open us up. You know, God's already holding us together in existence, but, you know, these sacraments help to open us up to that grace. And so in baptism, in such a beautiful way, uh, we have the element of water. And, and there's so many, you know, different elements. We can, we can go further into, you know, what the symbols mean with, with the water, but that's, um, you know, water helps to, to cleanse things. Water gives life. Uh, water is life-giving water you know I I, when I'm I'm baptizing I I talk to the families and I ask if anybody's ever gone to the beach and if they've ever got tumbled by a wave and you know quite often we're we're out here in California so most of the people have been to the beach and they've gotten knocked over by a wave and it's scary Uh, you get tumbled around underwater because you know water could take life as well. And so all of that is, is factoring into the sacrament, all of the, those deeper meanings. Um, and there's also oil. There's the holy oil that's been blessed by the bishop. Uh, and that's part of the sacrament of baptism, and especially with the sacrament of confirmation. So uh, just simply put, Josh, the, the sacrament, it's something that, uh, that helps to draw us into the mystery of God's love.
0: Well, and as you're talking here, too, uh, about these elements that are used, you know, the water, the oil in baptism, um, the bread, the wine in the Eucharist, um, one of the things that um, we, how we term these in the church, we describe that as the matter, the material that's being used. So we've got the matter. And then there's the form. And the form is the words that are spoken by the minister. A lot of times that is a priest or a bishop who is doing that. But in in certain sacraments, it can be a lay person. But um, one thing that might be good to talk about here, there's been a lot of confusion and a lot of questions raised about a news story that came out a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. ago where a priest in the Diocese of Phoenix had used incorrect words um, Mm -hmm. when he was baptizing people. And so maybe we can talk about that. It was actually just one incorrect word. Because instead of saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, this priest said, we baptize you. Can you talk to us for a moment um, why it's so important that the matter, the materials used, and the form, the words that are said of any sacrament, they are done exactly as given to us from Christ, that we, are, that we don't change those to try and adapt it to our own you know, sense of what we think might be better or good or, you know, what might fit a certain situation, why it's important to stick with the matter and the form exactly as the Church lays it out. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, a, that's a great um, point there. And yes, there's the, the two elements, the, the matter and the form. <clears throat> and so the, you know, when we're talking about baptism in, in Matthew chapter 28, um, you know, just right before uh, Jesus ascends, he says, he's commissioning the disciples, Matthew 28, uh, 18. And he says, Jesus approached and said to them, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so it's, you know, we're, we're not doing anything on our own. Even Jesus, Jesus says, if you see me, you see my Father. So Jesus has been sent in mission by the Father. The Father is the one who sent Jesus. He sent his Son into the world to reconcile all things in him. And so Jesus did. He's doing it in that communion of love. And so Jesus is extending. He's saying, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then it's the great commissioning. He's commissioning his disciples to go in his name. The disciples aren't going off on their own. They're going off in the name of Jesus. And so Jesus founded the church, you know, through Peter, you know, on this rock, I found the church. And so there's that, we're, we're drawing the authority, the power is coming from God himself. And so if we, if we stray away from the form, then, then we're, we're going off on our own. Even if we're using the same matter, even if we're using the water, or the bread and the wine, you know, other denominations, you know, may take bread and wine, or bread and, and juice. They may even change the um, the, the matter slightly, but it, it doesn't receive the fullness of the grace because it's not following the same form. So in any case, it's it's not us doing anything independently. We're abiding in Jesus, we're abiding in God and letting God move through us. But we're we're doing this in his name. And so that's why it's so important. And and in that specific case where the priest had said we baptize you, it's it's a nice idea in terms of he was wanting to focus on the, the community, that the community's baptizing but the problem that the, that the church is bringing up is saying that it's not the, the community baptizing, it's Jesus baptizing. I baptize you, the, the priest or the minister is there, uh, the bishop, in, in the name and the authority in the person of Jesus. So it's Jesus is the one that's, that's baptizing you. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so it's, it's drawing um, the, the person into that communion of love and so if we're doing it in a, with a different different words or a different formula then um it's it's not opening up to the the fullness of that grace that God wants to share
0: sure sure well and as you're saying that too you know um baptism it's the entrance into the church it is the sacrament by which we are initially saved, even though our salvation continues to be worked out day in and day out, you know, that, that we live that out. But we, as the body of Christ, don't have the ability to save ourselves. The salvation is is offered to us through Christ. So <laughs> if if there's yeah. that ability for Jesus to save us, right. uh, you know, and we can't save ourselves, then we can we shouldn't, by that logic, be able to then allow ourselves entrance into the body of Christ. We have to be fully reliant on him.
1: Sure, and so there's a, a degree of humility. you know in the scripture there there was someone wanting you know to get to get cleansed and, and they come to the water, and it's like, "Well you know I've got cleaner water back home. Why do I have to come to this water?" And he's like, "No, no, no, just dip yourself. Get dipped into the water seven times well, that doesn't. This doesn't make any sense. Why am I doing it this way?" Well, it's not about it making sense for you. It's not about you being in control. You're not going to save yourself. And we don't save ourselves. And so humbly we surrender and we come to God and and we allow God to save us. Now, and I I do want to point out, Josh, that doesn't mean in that instance, you know, with with the priest um, from before who is doing things on his own, in his own way, um, God loves those people. You know, there's potential, oh, sure. there's hundreds, yeah. thousands of people who, you know, were baptized in a different formula. Um, you know, in God's mystery, God <laughs> God loves them uh, as much as he ever has. And so there may be, you know, a, a little mess to clean up or things to sort out, and that the Church is working on that now. Um, but that love and, and those... Um, the love that's been shared and exchanged you know over the years for all those baptized people that doesn't change it just unfortunately when when things happen this way, it gets it gets a little messy. but God's in the in the business of cleaning up our mess so he'll right. he'll guide us all through
0: yeah but well and and i'm so glad we you don't brought wanna,
1: that up. yeah we, it doesn't mean that we want to just do things our own way yeah. and just make a mess but you know When messes happen, God's there to to work with us.
0: Right, right. And even though uh, we might be bound by the way that God has set up the normal means for us to enter the church, for our salvation, God is not bound by that. God can, because he is all-powerful, he is omnipotent, um, Mm -hmm. he can, of course, work in however he sees best to bring, you know, uh, whoever it is. To himself. And Peter tells us that, that God wants none to perish, but all should come to salvation through Christ. So, um, we yeah, like you're saying there, um, there's also a, on the side of, you know, the the people who, if they had their infants baptized or somebody who maybe came in at the Easter vigil and was baptized, if there's ignorance on their part, that's also something where, you know, they, they can't be held in in the same way accountable as maybe that priest who, you know, if he was taught, you know, these are the words you need to to use when baptizing, and then he diverges from that. Um, You know, we even have Jesus himself who tells us that those who are teachers, those who are helping guide younger souls those teachers will be held to a higher accountability, So, uh, which should really make all of us, any of us that are helping to try and guide somebody in the spiritual life, trying to catechize or give spiritual direction, it should give us pause and say, let me make sure that what I am saying is right, that I am really helping this person so that I don't don't lead them down a path where they aren't receiving everything they possibly could from the faith. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and just from what I've heard, you know, on on the news reports, I, I think that priest is, you know, understandably uh, embarrassed, and he's feeling the weight of of all of that. Sure. Uh, so it's, yeah, you know, God God's with him still, but um, yeah, we we have to keep him in prayer too.
0: Right, right. Well, and that's a, another good reminder. We should pray for all of our priests, all of uh, the clergy all of those who are uh, helping to bring us the sacraments, talking with Father Ethan Southerd today about the sacraments of baptism and confirmation. And want to invite your phone calls as well as we have our conversation today. The studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. How have you been able to live out your baptism, showing outwardly that you are a member of the body of Christ? And how about living out that sacrament of confirmation. Confirmation, it, it gives us a boldness to witness our love of Christ, witness our faith. When have you experienced that grace from God, being emboldened to spread and defend your faith? Or maybe you have a question about baptism or about confirmation, and you'd like to talk with Father Ethan, again the phone number 888 914 9149 our email address, inner life at relevantradio.com. We'll continue talking about these two sacraments in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com/slash forester. Welcome back to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And uh, I mentioned this yesterday, but we just heard Father Rocky's Lenten lesson on the Mass there just a moment ago. And he was talking about when we enter a Catholic church, how we make a genuflection toward the tabernacle where Jesus is truly present there. But if you're only hearing that audio version, you're missing out on Father Rocky's video. And he has a daily video that accompanies... These audio versions of the Latin Lesson on the Mass, uh, he, he calls them his premium edition. And he gives even more details on the background of genuflecting. Do you know why when we genuflect, we lower our right knee to the floor and not our left knee? And the word itself, genuflect, it comes from two Latin words, genus and flexio, And I learned what those are because I watched Father Rocky's video. If you want to know what the literal translation of those words are, you should go watch the video too. You can learn more about uh, genuflection and what happens at the beginning of Mass in that premium edition of the Lenten Lessons on the Mass from Father Rocky. And all you have to do is sign up at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. You'll see that banner there that says Lenten Lessons on the Mass. And it's absolutely free. You can sign up and you'll get that in your email every single day throughout Lent. Great way to learn more about the Mass and have a deeper love and appreciation for what we see, what we hear, how we participate in the Mass every time that we are there at uh, that wonderful... Uh, highest form of prayer that we have here in the church. Talking today here on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Ethan Southerd, also taking your calls at 888-914-9149 as we talk about the sacraments of baptism and confirmation and how have you lived out those sacraments in your life? Confirmation especially we're supposed to be emboldened by the Holy Spirit, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit to carry out the faith. And how have you done that in your life? When have you experienced that boldness to proclaim what you believe as a Catholic, to stand up for what you believe? Uh, We'd love to hear how that sacrament has worked in your life 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about confirmation or about baptism. Again, you can talk with Father Ethan, 888-914-9149. Father, let's talk, you know, we talked about matter and form. We talked about some confusion that's been out there because of, uh, you know, the recent news of invalid baptisms um, uh, that's out there. But let's talk about baptism itself. What does happen when... A person is baptized. you know it, we might hear something along the lines of a stain of original sin is washed away, but what is happening in that moment where someone is baptized?
1: Mm. <clears throat> um, there's this beautiful uh, writing uh, on the octave of christmas the the last octave, and so the church um, just writes about it. it says, "Oh, marvelous exchange." Man's creator has become man, born of a virgin. We have been made sharers in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. And so there, that prayer, the, the priest actually says that prayer during the preparation of the gifts. Um, with the, as the priest is preparing the, the wine, the, he pours a little bit of water into the wine. Uh, to prepare it for the consecration, and um, the priest says quietly to himself by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. And so you, you begin this um, talk today just by talking about those great duos in, in history, in music, Lennon, Paul Lenn- John Lennon and Paul McCartney, Lennon McCartney, Simon and Garfunkel is another one <laughs> that came to mind. And so God is wanting to partner with us, not in a, in a fully equal way. I mean, God is God. He's our creator. But he's coming into partnership with us. It's, it's his doing. And what a beautiful exchange. That, that God has sent His Son, the second person of the Trinity, to take on our humanity, to take on our flesh. And by doing so, that beautiful exchange by God taking on our flesh, He's inviting us to partake in His divinity, in that divine communion. And so that's what's happening in baptism. It's that beautiful exchange of, of life, divine life. We're being opened up through as we were talking about earlier the form and the matter we're being opened up through the sacrament to those life-giving waters that are already within us and so it this divine life that's that's bubbling up within us and those rivers we we hear in john uh john uh, the gospel of john john says out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And so it's that divine life, that image of of water, that water, that divine life is flowing from within us. And so we have come, we've been drawn into a partnership, a communion of love with God himself. It's divine life flowing through us. And so it, it is a great mystery, and it continues, it's a process because, you know, it's, it's like a, a tree planted by running waters, and that tree draws deeply from those waters, and it bears fruit continually, even in drought. Once those, once those roots have been drawn deeply, and they're open, and they're drawing that water, that life-giving water, even when the, there's a, a drought, even when there's arid conditions, that tree continues to bear fruit day in and day out, season through season. And as we're being drawn into that life of God, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world, there could be war going on, there could be famine, there could be you know, economic turmoil, but as we draw from those living waters that we've received, that we've been opened up to in baptism, we continue to bear fruit that lasts.
0: Well, and as you're talking about this, you, you used the word partnership, you know, that we're invited to mm-hmm. participate in Christ, his life. And so, as you're saying this, there's a lot of what we receive in mm. baptism. What does baptism demand of us? What are we promising when we are baptized? Mm, that's great. Um,
1: well, we've, we've lear- we're learning to become children of God. And so we're learning uh, what that means to be children. And Nicodemus was having this question, this conversation with, with Jesus and John. It's John 3, 5 to 6. And Jesus answers, he says, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so as we're becoming, as we're understanding, as, as we are being and living as the children of God, there is a responsibility, there is, you know, um, our response to that participation in that partnership with God that we continue to, to stay open and allow God's life to flow through us. And that's a process, that's an ongoing process where, you know, we, we humbly come to, to allow god to lead us. So it's not us being baptized once and then we we go out and we just do things on our own. We say I'm saved and I'm going to do things my way and we start trying to make the church in our own image. No, we 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 learn as pope francis says the style of god. There's there's a there's a tenderness, there's a sweetness, there's a humility, there's There's a style. There's a way of being. Jesus says, I am the truth, yes, but I am the life and the way. And so so there's a way of living the truth. And so there's that humility that, that it's like a dance. And so we're dancing with God. And so that's our participation. We let God lead the dance. He's the great, the Holy Spirit's the great protagonist, and we're allowing him to lead us and to move us and so we just keep moving in that graceful dance with God. And so he's just it's he says he says my yoke is is easy, my burden is light. So it's not a hard, difficult thing unless we try to do it on our own. And then if we take mm, the lead yeah. and we try to tell Jesus how the dance is going, <laughs> that's going to be
0: tough. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> We're going to be you know, there's going to be some stepping on some shoes.
0: Yep, that's right. Uh, father, uh, we want to talk about the sacrament of confirmation as well here and we're a little more than halfway through the hour. So let's let's turn and look at confirmation. I also want to again give out the phone number here 888-914-9149. 914 9149, and um, talking with Father Ethan Southerd about the sacraments of baptism and confirmation. How have you lived those sacraments out in your life? How have you participated in that life that we we're invited into uh, by our baptism? and by our confirmation again the phone number 888-914-9149 and uh, let's start out by taking a phone call here father Um, Ashley is calling from Southern California Ashley you've got a question about confirmation welcome to the inner life
1: hi thank you so much for taking my call Okay, um, so my question is, I was raised Catholic, um, and during my teenage years, I went through a teenage rebellion, if you will, and didn't necessarily want to be part of the church anymore, but my parents were absolutely set on me getting confirmed and so I was confirmed basically under the threat of punishment if I didn't and then um, in my adulthood I went back to the church Um, I'm a very faithful follower now was married in
0: the church my children have all their sacraments things like that but my question is was my original confirmation valid since I didn't want it at the
1: time? Mm. Well that's a great question Ashley and uh thanks thanks for calling there and and so those um the the openness our participation into these sacraments um there there is that participation and but the church also maintains that if for instance, with baptism if we've been baptized um you know the the baptism is valid as long as it's you know following the the form and the matter um and you're baptized once. And so it's the same with confirmation. You know, it's um, the, the you, you're con- you're confirmed once. And so it's we're we're being confirmed. We're we're ba- we're being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It's it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the action. And so um, we could start to second guess ourselves if 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 we if we move into that because there's always going to be a part of us. That may be in rebellion. There's always a part of everyone that's in rebellion, and so if if um, the the church wants to maintain that we're baptized once, we're confirmed once, because then we could start to doubt. Well, what did it really work? Did it really take hold? You know, maybe I need to go back and do it again, because there's always going to be something else that comes up, and 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 we we say, oh, I, I didn't really mean it. Maybe I didn't. You know, I, I didn't. Um, receive all of the grace and so the church wants to assure us that no it's it's the holy spirit through the minister through the bishop through the the priest that is is doing the baptizing that's doing the confirming and so our participation actually is how we continue to grow and and we're continuing to participate it's an ongoing process and even saint saint peter and saint paul I mean, they were on that journey. They're on that process as well. And so there's different chambers within us that continue to open. That grace is always present. They're waiting for us. And so as we start to open up, we receive more of that grace of confirmation. And so even though we may be in rebellion when we're 14 or 15, you know, and maybe it's when we're 30 that we actually start to allow that grace to be active in our life it 's it's, it's happening, so rest easy, rest assured that it wasn 't only uh, your participation in in the the sacrament, but it 's the church is maintaining that it 's the work of god that 's working through the minister that 's continuing to draw you in the mystery
0: yeah I, I think that 's so important, and I just want to go back to that for a moment, Father here too, as You're saying, you know, it's not reliant on us in the way it is reliant on God. If it was reliant on us, that kind of goes back to what we were saying before. We can't save ourselves. We can't Mm -hmm. baptize ourselves into the body of Christ. We can only rely on God himself and his power to bring us into the fullness of life that we can experience in the church. Um, The other thought that I have here, too, is you know, it's kind of nice that we're talking about both baptism and confirmation today with Ashley and her question, because baptism, there are, of course, infants that are baptized in Catholic Mm -hmm. churches all the time, and they don't have the ability to make an informed decision and to say, yes, I really am into this, or no, I really don't want to be baptized. The parents are the ones who are helping to guide and make the decision for that child. And Ashley, it kind of sounds like you were in that same situation even though you were older it sounds like you were in that same situation where your parents were still trying to help and guide you in what they saw as the best way for you to be raised as a child in their home even though you might not have been an infant any longer but um you know in other in other um eastern right catholic churches father there are even where the children will be baptized and confirmed one right after the other Um, And so you'll have these confirmed children who are, you know, two, three, four years old, walking up, receiving communion. Um, So I I guess I want to go back to it. it isn't reliant on us, it's reliant on God, and that our parents are helping to guide and shape us. And and that seems to be part of what's happening here with Ashley, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes we get so... um, uh, and understandably so um we get so caught up in categories or trying to you know figure things out but we're we're figuring things out from our perspective and our understanding <clears throat> and god saying you know i'm i'm here my love is so great and going back earlier what that that priest from arizona was trying to convey about the community that that dimension of community is there it's just what you're talking about josh it's the parents it's their faith. They're raising their child, they're raising their children in the faith with the rest of the community. And so whether it's baptism or communion or confirmation, there's a whole communal aspect as well that's supporting and continuing to encourage that faith.
0: Ashley, does that help? Does it give you some uh, information that you can take and hopefully rest assured that, okay, I, I can be at peace that my confirmation is valid?
1: Yes, it does. Thank you so much, because it's been on my mind for a little while. So I <laughs> thank you. Thank you a lot.
0: Yeah, Excellent. thanks for calling So up. glad that you called in. Yeah. Uh, Father, let's talk about confirmation for a moment just before we go back to the phones here, too. Um, confirmation, one of the, the phrases that always I hear in association with this is, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit— and this is also a sacrament that the normal, uh, the normal minister of the Sacrament of Confirmation, as often as possible, is the bishop of the diocese or archdiocese, wherever people are being confirmed. Uh, why the importance that the bishop is the one that is confirming those who are coming forward to receive the sacrament, and what does it mean to be sealed with the Holy Spirit?
1: Mm yeah well the the bishop is the um has received the fullness of the the ordination to holy orders so the the bishop is they they're the successors of the apostles and so that's what it's it's referencing back to um you know the the apostles who were with with jesus and it's continuing to to baptize it's continuing to confirm in in the name the authority of jesus um going back to Acts, the book of Acts chapter 8, and this is um, right around uh, 14, and and then a little bit after, that says, "...the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, and they sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for it had not yet fallen on any of them that had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus." They laid hand. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And so it's not that when they were baptized that they hadn't received the the Holy Spirit, or that you can only receive like a percentage of the Holy Spirit. It's like in baptism you get fifty percent of the Holy Spirit, and in confirmation you get the other fifty. It, that's not how God works. Um, but it's it's our ability to continue to be to be opened. Um, for our faith, for our belief, to, for us to truly know that, that we have been uh, brought into this, this faith. Because, Josh, we're talking about different realities. We're talking about a human reality and a divine reality. And this gift that we are the beloved, that we are actually being brought into the very life of God in Christ, it takes a lot for us to, to process that, to believe it, to understand it, to walk, to walk in it. And so we we heard in that scripture, they had been baptized in the name of Jesus. That's That's great. That's the first step. Now they're sending the apostles. They're sending the bishops. Now the bishops are going and they're confirming that. They're confirming that. And that's it, it just helps the faith to continue to grow, and so they laid their hands on them, and so there's there's this continued um, a development and growth as we walk in Christ, and so that's that's why the church wants to maintain, you know, that that element of the of the bishops going to have that connection with our young people, and you know, you remember. If, if you've been confirmed as a teenager, you're going to remember when the bishop comes. That's, that's a huge deal. And, and you stand before the bishop, and the bishop lays his hands on you and, and confirms you. So it's, it's part of, it's not so much that it's, it's not what God is doing. God is always moving and drawing us in. But it's how we're able in our own human development to be able to receive the grace, that
0: fullness of God our spiritual director father ethan southerd a priest in the archdiocese of los angeles pastor of st john yudes church in chatsworth california and talking about the sacraments of baptism and confirmation today also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149 how have you how have you experienced the holy spirit working in your life because of the sacrament of confirmation how has it emboldened you in your faith Uh, When have you experienced that grace from God to be able to defend your faith because of being a confirmed Catholic? 888-914-9149. If you have a question about either of the sacraments of baptism or confirmation, you can also call in and speak with Father Ethan. Uh, You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll continue our conversation, and we'll try and take as many of uh, the phone calls that are coming in as possible right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. back to the inner life i'm josh raymond our spiritual director father ethan southard and the phone number to call into the program 888-914-9149 as we talk about today the sacraments of baptism and confirmation 888-914-9149 and uh, father ethan let's go back to the phones we've got denise who is calling in from illinois denise thanks for calling you're on the air with father ethan
1: sure thank you so much for taking my call Uh, Father, my situation is my step-grandson is nine years old. He's never been baptized. His mother um, is a Catholic in name only, has probably never practiced. His father isn't anything. And I'm so concerned about the little boy. If I were to baptize him, is that accomplishing anything? I mean, the odds of him being raised Catholic are slim, but I worry about him if he passed away would he never
0: be allowed into heaven because he's unbaptized
1: thanks Denise um, that's a great question and and I appreciate your concern and, and love uh, for your grandson and and for the family um, I would caution against um, baptizing him um, for a number of reasons um, the It would be be valid you know provided that you uh baptized him you know putting with water and according to the form and everything like that um mm-hmm. however the but the so he would be baptized but the the relationship you know that that communal element would be severely impacted, i would imagine because if if your uh, daughter or her husband or the rest of the family found out that you did that. Um, there would be resentments that would probably last the, you know a long time and and so the damage done by that by forcing a faith onto someone um, i think is is probably greater uh, a greater concern than than your grandson not being baptized and actually allowing God the space to to move through him so we we our trust isn 't just in us kind of we were talking about it earlier in the program. You know, we don't save ourselves, we don't have to save the world. God sent His Son to reconcile the world to Himself through the blood of His cross. So God is very uh, concerned, God is, God is very uh, engaged in, in the process of salvation. Now the, the difficult well, part for us is to, is to trust in that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, th- th-
0: no, I was just going to say that that's I'm glad, you know, Denise, you can hear in her voice that love, that care that she has for this young boy and wants to see the best for him. Um, yes. But, yeah, it, you know, a lot of times we have to remind ourselves that as much as we love someone, as much as we want the best for our child mm-hmm. or our grandchild or whoever it is. God loves them infinitely more than we ever could, right. and He wants the absolute best for them. And so, yeah, waiting on God's timing—that's the difficult thing. Having that trust that, okay, God, it is in Your hands. Um, and of course, then the the probably the best thing—you know—you might have a different recommendation, but the best thing that I can think of is for Denise to just pray for the conversion of the parents and that yeah. entire family. That's that's probably the best thing that she could do that would be
1: that would be my recommendation and, and denise you know god may have a curveball <laughs> and and you know who knows what's going to happen a year from now and the whole family is converted and opened and it's this beautiful movement of grace and your grandson's baptized and they're all they all start practicing and god can do that you know if we give him the space to do it and and so i would just encourage you just to you know keep praying and as difficult you know, as as it is and frustrating, you know, just to keep surrendering that that good desire that you have for your family to, to be drawn deeper and, and let God keep moving you and moving them, moving their hearts.
0: Denise, thanks for calling in. Uh, Father, you know, one other thing we might talk about just briefly here is Uh, there's been a few different phone calls of people, and it it comes back to kind of feelings and this Mm -hmm. idea that, okay, I was baptized or I was confirmed, but maybe I didn't feel at the time or I've had times where I haven't felt that the Holy Spirit is there with me. A lot of that, again, goes back to we can't just look at our emotions or our feelings in the moment and Mm -hmm. say, well, that might make something invalid. We have to, again, it goes back to that word trust. Mm -hmm. We have to trust that God is working on our lives.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our feelings, you know, Jesus and his humanity, you know, he prayed, he begged his heavenly father three times in the garden of gethsemane. He says, "Please let this cup pass from me." He says, "But not my will, but yours be done." When he was on the cross, he says, "Father, you know, why have you forsaken me?" So if we're going by feelings, if we're going by the feelings that Jesus had, he didn't feel good when he was being crucified. And so, but he continued to trust in his heavenly Father, and it's it's the surrendering of our feelings and our our way of figuring things out and making sense of it, and just trusting that God ha- is moving. And so, in, in a similar way, you know, we may not have felt something at baptism, we may not have had this emotion, um, or at our confirmation, but we trust that no, God is. God is working. That's why we go back to the form and the matter. We can trust in that. When we go to confession, we hear the the priest. We we hear the priest, I absolve you of your sins. And so we know that our sins have been forgiven.
0: Yep, and it's a good thing that it's not reliant on us, that it all does rely on God. Father, we've got about 20 seconds left here in the hour. Can I ask you to offer our listeners a blessing?
1: Yes. uh, The Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all of your blessing. We thank you for drawing us into the mystery of your life. May we all continue to hear those beautiful words that you said to your son, Jesus. This is my beloved one, with whom I am well pleased. Let us know that we are pleased, uh, that you are pleased in us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much, Father Ethan Southerd. Uh, If you missed a portion of the broadcast earlier in the hour, go back and find the podcast at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life. Have a blessed day.